Communicate continues on Full Service Radio, 830 WCRN. Once again, here's your host, Mark Altman. Welcome back to the Mindset Go Radio Show. Happy to have you back today. And so I teased before the break, I said, what is that number one ingredient to the curious mindset? And that's listening. You know, one of the points I make to salespeople all the time is when you talk about sales, you know, salespeople are always told to, to listen more than they talk. And what's the proper ratio of listening to talking? And you have two ears and one mouth. Use them proportionately. Salespeople hear that all the time. But you know what I think isn't being told to salespeople? I think you need to start measuring the ratio of time when you do talk. What percentage of that talk time is going to selling and educating as opposed to asking questions and listening. Because if I'm listening to how you present yourself, either on the phone or in an actual in-person presentation, I want to know what kinds of questions you're asking, how you're creating a culture with that person of open and honest communication. So when that second ingredient of the gamble walk asks why, when you go out on the floor, you're asking questions, you're listening. You're not necessarily there to correct. You're not necessarily there to fix. You're just there to learn and understand how you can be a better manager, how you can provide support. And maybe you do help. And maybe you do solve some problems. But that's not the primary goal of the gamble walk. Ask why. Be curious. You know what's interesting? What's interesting, a lot of people who are not comfortable with small talk, they will say, you know, I feel like I get tongue-tied, I don't know what to talk about, I don't make it interesting. You know one of the easiest methods to get comfortable with small talk is ask people questions about themselves. Learn about them, understand about them. They'll love to talk. And eventually they'll say something that you'll find some kind of connection to or something that resonates to you, and then the conversation will go from there. There are so many critical, important aspects of communication. And what's tricky is they all seem so critically important. But what I can tell you for sure is if you're a leader, if you're in sales, if you're in some kind of role where communication is an essential ingredient to your success, which is basically every role, then You've got to master the art of asking questions and listening. Last night, I decided with my growth mindset, I decided I was going to get out of my comfort zone and I decided a few weeks ago to enroll in an improv class. And I'm learning ad ad lib skills, skills that I think are so important in communication, whether it's presenting, public speaking, selling, communicating, whatever. And they had an interesting activity they did in the class last night that I produced. It's a wonderful group of people. And it's an activity, and I'm going to describe it to you. It's, a descri- it's an activity that's called Yes And. And so the way the activity starts, it's designed for listening and embracing other perspectives. So what happens is, you will start by saying something like, 
I like ice cream. And then the other person has to respond, yes, that's great that you like ice cream. And my favorite flavor is vanilla. And then the other person goes back and responds and says, yes, that's great that you love vanilla. And I love chocolate. And the idea behind this activity, this yes and activity, is it's really making you listen to understand before you listen to reply. So it forces you. It creates an absolute step when you paraphrase. You're not even really supposed to paraphrase back. You're supposed to actually repeat back exactly what they say. So you're listening intently so much that you can verbatim repeat back the words they said and then share your perspective on the matter. And so here are the three things it really accomplishes. One, it removes the word but from your vocabulary. Because when people are listening to argue or debate or challenge, they think when they say, oh, no, I totally agree with you, but, and then, of course, once you say the word but, it disqualifies what you said before that. So it requires you to really embrace another person's perspective, validate another person's perspective, and then you get to share yours. That's essential communication 101 right there. Understand, validate, share. Not tough, but that's what communication's all about. And so when you're listening, like so many people, when I work with them, they'll say, no, 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 I know, we're supposed to listen to understand. But creating a mindfulness around that and putting a mechanism in place to do that. And so, you know, this is where that mindfulness aspect comes in of habit change. You know, if you know, if you agree that you need to understand, then how do you get that habit in place? How do you replace the habit of listening to reply? You know, I had someone the other day in a, in a group I was working with, a leadership training I was doing, and I was talking about emotional intelligence and concepts like this, and he raised his hand. He says, Mark, we know this. We understand it's important to be self-aware, and we understand it's important to be self, have self-control and respond and not react. And you know, just tell us how. And see, that's that was interesting. Because when he said that, I said, see, that's just it. You have to understand why it's important and how it's going to affect you positively before I can tell you how. Because if I just tell you the how, there's no one-size-fits-all. Every, every communication solution is wrapped up in situational awareness. So he just wanted the answer. And so this is the rub, right? When I first got into this business five, six years ago, and I became a trainer, and and I would watch other trainers, I would sit there time and time again, and I would say, yeah, I know. You're not telling me something I don't know. Tell me how to do it. But what they're really saying is, not tell me how to do it like the steps. What I think people are really saying when they want to rush to the how and they think they know is how to change the habit. How to incorporate these steps into their process. How to be mindful of this when you're about to interact with people. These are the things that really matter. So the three steps for this Gemba walk. Go and see. Be visible, right? Be visible on the floor. Be visible with your team. Let them know you care about them. Let them know you're going to more than just say hi. Hi, how are you doing? Share how you're doing, right? And then we get to the second thing, ask why. Be curious. 
listen more than you talk. Don't necessarily be in a problem-solve mode. If it evolves to that, fine. But otherwise, just be there to understand the challenges they're facing. And then that third part is respecting people. I have to tell you, that is a trigger word for me, this word respect. And when we talk about respecting people, what's interesting about it is that the word respect means so many different things to different people. And so... When we say we want to get respected, there's almost like a, an understood code that we know we're all supposed to follow as human beings. Like, for, for example, we wouldn't necessarily swear at someone if we respected them or if we needed to respect them and they were in a position of authority. We wouldn't demonstrate rude behavior theoretically if we wanted to respect. But that's just it. The way you respect people is if the only way your team sees you is to be a judge and to review results and to point out flaws in areas of improvement and constructive criticism. That's not a great relationship. Now, if your goal is to problem solve with your team, collaborate collaborate with your team, remove the hierarchy, not make it seem like you're in a higher position than them. You can be an authority without being an authority. It's one of the principles of influence from Robert Cialdini. Ultimately, trying to find weak spots in the process, not the people. When we come back from our second break, we're going to talk about that problem-solving aspect and why so many companies are trying to create a culture of accountability because they're tired of excuses And they're tired of not people owning their mistakes. This is Mark Altman for the Mindset Go Radio Show. We'll be back after the break. You've been listening to I Communicate with your host, Mark Altman. Join us again each week at this time on Full Service Radio, WCRN. Welcome back to the Mindset Go Radio Show. Today we're talking about visibility, communication with your team, feedback, habit change. Talking about leaders getting out of their office. You know, I've mentioned on the show before the concept of how outdated the open door policy is. The open door policy is really the antithesis of the gamble walk. The open door policy says, I'm going to sit in my office. I'm going to leave my door open. You come to me when you have a problem or a concern or a challenge. And by the way, the, the inherent nature of the open door policy is that it's going to be for a problem or a concern or a frustration. I'm available for you, says the open door policy. It's a bad policy. As a leader, you're supposed to be proactive, not reactive. You're supposed to be taking the initiative to get out and see, be visible, see, be a part of the team. What's going on? When you watch a sporting event, you often see coaches, not necessarily at the pro level, but certainly at the high school and college level, you'll often see head coaches or assistant coaches going up and down, talking to different players on the bench, you know, giving them some guidance, picking them up if they're down, giving them some feedback or suggestions, right, to keep them in the game, to keep them visible. They have to attend to each player. 
That's what a coach does. A coach has to be responsible for every single player on their team. Whether you're the best player or the 12th man, you're paying attention, you're developing them, you're guiding them. Leadership's no different. Leadership is no different than sports. It's the same concept. If you manage 10 people, you have to be developing and paying equal attention to those 10 people. And I assure you, as a basketball coach or a soccer coach or a football coach, you're not sitting there waiting until there's a problem. And here's the interesting thing. All the different concepts we talk about on leadership on this show, right? There's this middle category of awareness. So if you're a leader, I don't care whether you're a sports coach or you're a a C-suite executive, you're a director, you're a mid-level mentor, I don't care what you are. Part of what your job is, is you're supposed to have the awareness to know when someone isn't up to par. And most of the time, something goes wrong or happens, and that's how we assess it. But how do you develop that awareness? It's those communication skills where you are noticing body language. You are listening to what people are saying. You are looking for patterns of behavior and having awareness of patterns of behavior. And this is why there's such a clear-cut difference between what I continue to refer to as proactive leadership and reactive leadership. When you talk to another human being, part of what you're supposed to be intently listening for is body language. You know the expression, can you see what I'm saying? That's all about body language. You know, there are aspects of a message that come through in body language. Not just words, not just tone. So this is why proactive leadership, it all starts with self-awareness. What do you see in yourself? What are the things that aren't happening in yourself? Strengths, weaknesses, confidence level, developmental areas. Do you even know what those things are for yourself? And if you do know, Here's the million-dollar question. Do you care? Because if you have the awareness and know, you actually have to take steps and take initiative to correct those things. And for you to do that, and that's for another show, but for you to do that, you risk judgment. You need to be vulnerable. You need to get out of your comfort zone because to take those steps to correct the areas you're self-aware of might require some time and energy and effort. But here's the challenge. If you can't do those things yourself, if you can't recognize those things, right, but you're expecting your team to do that, you know, you got to practice what you preach. So if you're going to have awarenesses of your team and be looking for those things on your team, you're going to need to be aware of your own challenges if that's the case. Now, before the break, I talked about accountability. And so we have a culture where we're trying to really foster a culture of accountability. And what's really tricky about accountability is we are an excuse-plagued society. We are an excuse-plagued society because typically when something goes wrong, what do we say? What happened? How did that happen? And when we ask that question, We're really interested, or we're supposed to be interested, in two things. Where did the person go wrong, and where did the process break down? However, 
most of the focus is on the person. Because as I'm sure you can attest, listeners, that when you ask, that when someone says what happened, our immediate reaction as human beings is to defend ourselves and make an excuse. So the focus ends up being on the person. So let's say you've given a set of instructions to someone two times and they're still not doing it right. So now here we are, the third time they're not doing something right. And you look at them and you say, what happened? I don't know. I don't know what happened. They don't know. But the first two times, it was all about teaching them how to do it better. Well, you're not doing this right. Here's how you need to do it. We problem solve, we fix, we correct. But we rarely get to the root cause of the problem. So there is some kind of communication barrier perhaps happening here. That if we're on the third time and you've explained it the same way twice and you're not still getting the results you want, perhaps there's a communication barrier. Perhaps you don't know the root cause of why they're not able to execute the task you're wanting them to execute. But in, a, in, a, in, a, in an accountable workplace, the first thing we need to do is shift the energy and blame off the person and put the focus on the process. So my program that I do around accountability is called Blameless Autopsy. And to be accountable, to to own it, to get people out of making excuses, don't ask a question that's going to encourage or support or create a knee-jerk reaction to give an excuse. So when something goes wrong, so what are your alternatives? When something goes wrong, your alternatives are to say, when that person didn't execute the directions, the alternative is to say, hey, geez, I noticed, I noticed this still didn't happen. Let's sit down and figure out what's happening. Now let's figure out why it's not happening. And now the person's not, oh, well, I have to defend myself or justify or make a rationalization. Now it's about you and I. So let's sit down and figure this out. Let's figure out where the process is going wrong. Look, in an accountable culture, you have three choices. Choice number one is to create a knee-jerk reaction where people feel the need to give an excuse. Choice number two is to focus very much on the process and understand where the breakdown is in the process. Or you know what choice number three is? Choice number three is you take ownership as the leader. You throw yourself on the sword and say, you know what? We're going to sit down because I must not be doing a really good job communicating here. And I want to see how I can be better to make it more supportive for you. That's your three choices. How come, and I'm not just talking about the workplace. How come in our world, so many people have trouble using the second and third choice and we're in that excuse mode all the time? I have my 13-year-old son trained now. When he doesn't do something for school or he doesn't do something the way he's supposed to do, he'll start to say something. I'll say, nope, don't even give me an excuse. And here's the challenge, ladies and gentlemen. The challenge is some of you may be listening today and be saying, oh, well, so, so, but what about accountability for the person? And, and there is, there is a, a role the person had in this and they should need to explain themselves. You know what? I'd like to think I'm a very solution-focused individual. 
So the other aspects to that culture of accountability is being in solution mode. So instead of saying what happened, you could say, geez, I noticed this happened. Have you come up with a solution so it doesn't happen again? Now you're not looking for an excuse. You're looking to see if they invested the time and energy and effort to do some critical thinking to see if they can identify where the breakdown was in the process. Isn't that more important? Because ultimately on our team, we're trying to develop critical thinking skills. So there's another, there's, there's alternative number two in your accountable, blame-free, excuse-free environment. Look, if you do something wrong and you want to take accountability for it, by all means, say, that was on me. I did it wrong. If you're a leader, that's a great habit to have. It shows humility. But when you're trying to facilitate this this behavior with your direct reports and the people that work for it, they might not be so willing to take the blame because they might be nervous of the repercussions and consequences if they do. When we come back from our final segment today, I'm going to talk about how this ties into the sports world, and we will continue on with the Gemba Walk Invisibility. This is Mark Altman for the Mindset Go Radio Show. We'll be back after the break. I Communicate continues on Full Service Radio, 830 WCRN. Once again, here's your host, Mark Altman. Welcome back to the Mindset Go Radio Show for our final segment today. This is your host, Mark Altman, president and founder of Mindset Go. We work with companies on training, coaching, consulting in the areas of culture, sales, leadership, emotional intelligence, things of that nature. So we've been talking about accountability and the Gemba Walk, which is an agile process where leaders are being visible and connecting with their teams on a daily basis. And I, I just want to start the final segment sharing a pet peeve of mine. I always, when we're talking about accountability, I always find it really annoying in sports when um, a player makes a mistake and immediately points, touch, hits their chest and says, my bad, or indicates my bad. And you might be wondering, why does that bother you? Aren't they taking accountability and ownership? Well, they are. But see, that's just it. I know. We all saw it. We all know it was on you. You don't need to tell us. What I care about more, and I know an athlete's not going to say this, but try to think of the larger point here, is the the, the ultimate key to accountability is really shifting your mindset around habit change and solutions. Because ultimately... You can determine blame and you can determine fault, but what you're really trying to figure out is how it won't happen again. Because at the end of the day, most people, I mean, depending on the severity of the mistake, most people aren't going to be fired for a simple mistake. So if it's not a fireable offense, then your real concern is motivating them and inspiring them to care enough to do the process differently, to think about how the process needs to be done differently. And so they incorporate this into their habits and replace old habits. That's what we care about. So if you want an accountable culture, that's what we care about. Now, 
I want to finish where we started today, which is the gimbal walk. Now, we talked about the three steps to the gimbal walk, but here I want to talk about some simple concepts because as you're listening to the show today, if you're a leader and you want to incorporate this and you want to even start it on a very simple level, there's a couple of things to keep in mind. First of all, um, I would call your team together and I would share with them and say, listen, I've been doing a lot of thinking. It's really important that we collaborate together, and I'm always encouraging you as a team to collaborate together. It's part of the core values of the company. So I myself am going to start doing this so I can be visible and available for you. I would tell them that you're going to be doing it, why it's important to you and a core value to you, and I would tell them what your goals are to set expectations. Prepare them. Tell them your goal is not focused on micromanaging or looking for problems or whatever. The goal is to be a support system. The goal is for them to see you, that you're available, you're not too busy for them, you're not sitting in your office waiting for them. The goal is that you're going to come out on the floor, you're going to listen, you're going to see how they're doing, you're going to understand if they need anything, you're going to understand if there's any developmental areas for them, you're going to understand how you can be a better manager for them, a better leader for them. Now, the third thing I would do when talking with your team is tell them that your biggest goal is to focus on process and not people. You're trying to understand where the processes are. And what really bugs me is there's so many companies who are focused on agile methodology, process, SOP, standard operating procedures, which is fantastic. I am as well. But where are the communication processes? There's so many difficult conversations that need to take place on a daily basis. Think about this for a minute. If you're a leader in an organization, these are all the different relationships you have to manage. Your boss, the people that report to you, your peers that perhaps manage other departments, prospects, clients, vendors, colleagues, organizations that you're a member of, Significant other, friends, kids, that's how many relationships you have to manage on a daily basis. That's crazy. When you stop and think about how many relationships, and we're supposed to be emotionally intelligent, know that different people need different things, and different people are motivated differently. They're recognized differently. They're validated differently. That's right. They are. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure and expectations on being an effective leader. But I always say it on the show, and I always say it when I work with people. If you want the outcomes, you've got to develop the habits, and you've got to develop the processes. If you focus on the outcomes, you might get lucky. You cannot clone people. You can clone habits, and you can clone processes. But we need communication processes. We've got to help people be more assertive. We've got to help people have those difficult conversations that they know they need to have, they know they're supposed to have, but they're not comfortable having because they're conflict avoidant, because they don't like change, because they know the people that they're talking to might affect their confidence because of how they convey it. Communication, there's so many art forms, giving, receiving, initiating, feedback, inspiring and influencing and motivating people. Negotiating, negotiating with people, giving them performance reviews and improvement. I mean, the list goes on and on. 
so the people know you're focused on the process. Just make sure that there are communication processes so they know how to have conversations with clients, prospects, peers, and you, and you know how to have those conversations. And that's so much what I do with the companies is help them build that communication playbook and roadmap so people can have those conversations. Next, record your observations. Come back to your office, type up, take five, 10 minutes and type up some notes about what you observed. And by the way, whether it's about process, whether it's about people, that's okay. But you know what I want you to do when you type up those observations or you record them? Include body language. Include mood and energy level. Include the, the real telltale signs that tell you about employee satisfaction, employee engagement. And you know what? I don't even mind if you're recording those observations and you're still making notes about people as well as processes. But while you're out on the floor, you can concentrate on process. But you need to understand people and you need to understand where their head's at and how you can help. And the last two concepts I want to share before we wrap today is follow-up. Anytime you take an action as a leader and a manager, follow-up's key and consistency is key. You know, I've talked about 360 reviews and a lot of companies are scared of a 360 review because if if the employee shares feedback about their direct report or their superior or their boss or their superior, a lot of times bosses are worried they're going to have to do all this change. If you empower someone to give feedback about you, you're not obligated to do everything they're asking. You're just providing a channel of communication for them to share it. Now, I feel you're obligated to discuss what they conveyed, to understand them better, and maybe identify one or two things you will address to work on and do better. But the follow-up aspect is important because if you do that 360 review and you don't follow up or don't make any effort as a leader to make any changes, it actually has a worse effect. If you do the gamble walk and you do it a couple of times and then you stop and it's random, the consistency is not there and the expectations aren't there. Now, I will say this, if you're not doing it at all and you're saying that this feels daunting and overwhelming to you and you want to at least start doing it once or twice a week, that's a start. I would take that rather than nothing. But then maybe make the consistency that at least you're going to do it once a week. So at least you're visible once a week. But again, the follow-up needs to take place. You need to share your observations in a kind and supportive way. And my final thought today, I will reinforce this as often as I can, is have the goal to be curious, to understand people. Understand why they're behaving the way they do, why they think the way they do why they talk the way they do, why they have the body language they do. That's, that's all communication. That's all confident and effective communication. And those are the fundamental ingredients of sales and leadership. So thank you for joining us for another edition of the Mindset Go Radio Show. This is Mark Altman. If you'd like more information on how to bring our programs to you, whether it be on accountability, communication topics like giving feedback, culture, sales, leadership, service, whatever it may be, 
978-206-1535, or you can email us at info at mindsetgo.com. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll talk to you again next week. Good afternoon. You've been listening to I Communicate with your host, Mark Altman. Join us again each week at this time on Full Service Radio, WCRN.